Yo, what's up? My name is Kevin. I'm with Atmosphere FC. And in today's video, I'll be talking to my friend Daniel Frank about the current state of soccer in America. And we'll be having a discussion and bouncing a few ideas on how we fix the problems in our current system. Uh, first and foremost, I'm someone that loves and cares about soccer in America. So welcome, Daniel Frank. Oh, what's up, man? How you feeling? I'm good. I'm good. It's a blessed day. Uh, just kind of relaxing and kicking my feet up today. So it's kind of a day off. So it's nice. Grew up in the American system. Uh, I've worked in the American system. I've coached in the American system. So I've seen a little bit behind the scenes and I've, I want to bounce a few ideas of that I have, you know, with some soccer minds to, you know, find, see if we can find common ground to find solutions to these problems. Cause we're not making the big tournaments. We're not, we don't qualify for the last world cup. We just didn't qualify to another, qualify to another Olympics and all that shit hurts. Uh, I don't want to, I don't want to talk bad about my, my national team. Cause all these dudes are better than all of us. You know, they're, we have the potential, we have the players, but we just, I feel like we don't, we, we lack motivation we lack the identity, the culture. Yeah, we're not qualifying for these big tournaments, bro. And it's, and it's, I feel like we have the talent, we have the potential to become not just, not just to qualify to these tournaments, but to become a powerhouse in the sport. Um, I feel like we have amazing athletes. We have amazing facilities. The last decades, a lot of people who've graduated from the American system that played in their, their European leagues that, you know, we can, that they can teach us the game and we can, we don't have to bring foreigners anymore to, teach us soccer or build a soccer culture. I feel like we have enough American talent, enough American experience for us to find the answers to become a, a powerful nation within this country. That way we don't have to send our players out to develop elsewhere. And soccer is the most played sport by uh, youths in the country. Like more people play soccer than anybody else in the country. If we think about it, the, the, the model of pay to play is for every sport in America, not just soccer. Because, but I feel like youth soccer has is the only sport in America that has a youth, actual youth structure. I know that basketball has AAU travel teams and there's a few football clubs, but I don't know if the extent is as big as the youth soccer system because you know youth soccer we have ASO, we have competitive, and you know you eventually go on and have a. A bunch of teams and back to what you were saying is the most played really sure but i think definitely football and basketball uh is rooted within the school system yeah right so that in football and basketball you play high school ball you get recruited to college and from college you go to the pros you know that that's kind of how it works yeah. and in some ways you see it, it trying to work in soccer in america but I think it just is not going to happen. There needs to be a, a structure, which which there is already with club, and it's always been that way. Club soccer, even when high when we were playing high school, was like high school was not important compared to your club, you know. Right. Yeah. But but if you're playing football, high school football is like it, you know. Um, so there's especially a in Texas. I've seen some of that Texas, those Texas school, bro, and California, like, and California. So why can't we have big high school? So like that for soccer. Well, the, thing, the thing about what I, what I was always upset with in high school is that everyone showed up. No one gave a fuck. You know, yeah. it's like in college. I mean, high school uh, football games, Friday nights. Everybody's yeah. out there. 
they got the band, they got the cheerleaders, you know, there's all sorts of hype. And then it comes to soccer, Wednesday, you're playing a game, no one's showing up, you know. Yeah. Uh, it may, that sort of shit makes a difference. You know, Fact. that sort of shit, like culturally, like at the root of, is at the root of what's going on, make, makes a difference, you know. I feel like um, to what you're saying is 100% true. Like the whole tailgate culture, you have that for football. We don't really have that for soccer. You know, we don't, why have a band there? Why pregame? Be, 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 we don't have that culture yet. We don't have the tradition. I'm trying but, to create that wherever I go in my coaching career is an atmosphere that people facts. want to be around, you know? And because that, that was, that's the, the game is beautiful itself, but the atmosphere around it, you know, makes, makes it great. You know, that's why everybody's like this past year without the fans. Nobody, it's boring, you know? That's what makes it. And like in high school, like I went to St. Francis, all boys school. You were a soccer player, you got no love, you know? <laughs> Cheerleaders didn't show up to your game, right? <laughs> they showed up to the football player's game. They showed up to the basketball player's game. We're out working hard just like everybody, right? Nobody's showing up for us, you know? Yeah. The school doesn't, it's like the school doesn't even make an effort for you. Yeah. So why play, why play, uh, you know, soccer? You know, so it's like, well, I, my, the, the, the glory is not there, you know, the glory is yeah. not there. So if I'm a good athlete, you know, when I'm in high school and I want to get some glory, I want to get some attention, you know, what, why would I play soccer as opposed to, you know, football, football basketball, baseball, if I have that skill set and that of just being a good athlete, you know, might as well go somewhere else. I hear you. But going back to our discussion, uh, baseball actually is something that soccer and American can kind of look to because I believe that baseball, unlike football and basketball, has its own system outside of uh, college sports that leads to the pros. I hear you. I hear you. I do, we do see the little leagues and these big, massive kids, bro. So and there's a huge, baseball is a huge, huge organization. I hear you. And yeah, they got a whole minor league set up. You know, they got lots of teams. Uh, <laughs> you know, every major league team has, has three minor league teams, right? And, and, you know, guys will play in that all the way up and try to make it to the league, you know? Man, so, I did not, I had no clue, but shout out baseball, bro. You know, I know, I, I know you're a Dodgers fan. I know you're a Dodgers fan. For sure, 100%, 100%. People forget the Dodgers won, bro. Stop playing with the Dodgers. Yeah, um, but, um, it's 2021 to obviously 2020 was a rough year, man. Uh, pandemic. It shocked the world, not just sports, but the, but the whole world, you know, um, what were some things that you took away from 2020 as far as, you know, health, family, sports? Um, I don't know, you know, it kind of, it really boils, it strips things down, you know, for me, uh, you know, I'm a coach, um, but I also manage and run a, run a business. I run a, a taco catering business and we do a lot of weddings and you know parties so for me in the in the event business you know working in the in the event business it killed it right you know you yeah. can't make more money if you're in the party business and there's no parties yeah. so uh i've always wanted to be a coach because i was always you know loved being on the being on the field and being around the game um but i've always wanted to make my money you know somewhere else you know i, I never wanted coaching to be like the primary source of my income I hear and you. I basically lost <clears throat> a job uh that's something that 
really changed for me right now is that for the past year, coaching has been my money. I started my own, you know, I lost my job. I had to start my own training program to kind of get through. And now I'm still doing that. Um, took in on that extra load when I lost my work and now my work's coming back. And now I have to figure out how to reorganize my life because, you know, if I'm doing what my art, my, my coaching demands beforehand added with, you know, the stuff that I, I developed over the last year because everything was killed. Yeah. And now my, you know, my job is coming back. I have to figure out what my priorities are and figure out what I want to keep because it's, but yeah, it's been a wild ride. I spent a lot of time on the field, you know, it's kind of like, Facts. I, uh, when everything was dead, you know, hopping fences to get on the field. It had nothing else, you know, nowhere else to go I, I was there. You know, I started doing a 6am training session and I would never do that before. <laughs> uh, I'm still doing it now. So yeah. I don't know. That's no, definitely, okay. it was definitely a tough year, bro. I feel like it was a year, a year for everyone to adjust. A lot of people, I had to do a lot of adjusting. I lost my job. I had to pivot and be like, damn, what, what do I actually want to do? What's important for me? You know? And yeah. I've also and wanted to, I've wanted to stay close to the game. Uh, I falling and falling out of love with the game through coaching, through my college experience, but I knew somehow I was always going to either, you know, try to be a, a D one coach or something, you know? And here I was last year thinking, I'm like, man, should I start a soccer club? I look at my resume, I look at my soccer network and it's solid. So I'm like, I can start a club. I can start my own private training. But in reality, bro, the game doesn't need another club. The game doesn't need another private training. I'm not hating on no one's hustle and everyone has to eat. And I know there's a lot of money in soccer, but there's there. We have to do it the right way. And we don't have, we can't, you know, compromise quality for, for a few bucks. And I feel like that's our problem here in America, where we don't prioritize quality soccer. We want to make money. Uh, we want to sell soccer and the whole pay to play. I, even the name is so lame. Pay to play is so whack to me. Um, yeah. And that's our problem is greed. And I think that the big thing that needs to change is the big clubs. I feel like they sell the, uh, a bit, you know, they sell a dream and that they're going to develop and take us to the next level and, you know, get your child, you know, to a D1 college. And I don't think that should be our top priority. That's our number one. Another mistake is the big club telling us that, you know, our kids need to go to college to play the best, you know, soccer in America. And I don't think that's the right way to go about things. That's not the right I mean, way. If, we're gonna... if you ask probably 90% of uh, kids, coming up through the system now and club soccer say what's your what's your goal as a player they're probably going to say i want to play d1 yeah that's what i that's what i was lied to I, my dad told me that you got to go to d1 because mls might be kind of hard to go but i'm like i i always thought i could play but then yeah. i was like you know what i'll settle i'll settle for d1 at bc and great experience i wouldn't change it for the world but if i could go back to an 18 year old me I would be like, bro, try to go to the big leagues, go, go talk to an agent, like fuck the NCAA. You know, I have my feelings towards the college system and that's a whole nother story, but you know, I think it could work. I think it would be part of the American system, but it can't be our number one priority. We can't be de developing kids to 
just go to D1. I agree with you. I mean, it, it really depends on what, what happens in, the, in that when they're there, you know, it's like once you get to college, that shouldn't be the, the end point of your career. A lot of people see that as their end point of their career, but there should be some more ambition to, to kind of move, move past it. If you want to, if you want to keep playing, you know? Yeah. Um, and I don't know if college soccer is necessarily set up for people that are in college soccer to then, you know, thrive at the next level. So I, I, I from experience facts, no, like uh, the college system has, it's a three month season. You can't play your best soccer and develop your best talent in three months. And then, like I said, I, I believe that the college system can work. It just needs to be reformed. Maybe a year, year round league, you know, more, more emphasis and more focus on the players, give them better eating, better information, better resources, better study hall, more mental health stuff, you know, cause bro, it's a big responsibility to play a D1 sport and then have to do the workload and do the school and go to class and miss all that class, bro. Me yeah. coming from high school, from John Marshall, Pasadena, Eagles all day, but that school didn't prep me to do Boston College work. I was getting whooped. Like, and then on top of that, I was playing in the ACC, playing against Wake Forest. Bro, my, as an 18 year old, no, no one at the college, no one in that organization at BC gave me the proper guidance to be like, hey, deal with this. And it was six, seven, eight freshmen in our team. So the, the, the college is definitely has its flaws. And that's why we're not developing the best talent. If, we're de if we are developing as one or two kids, you know, it should be a whole, a yeah, whole I, much larger pool. I think the main issue is guys need to play year round. You Facts. Know? So if you're only playing one season and then... Obviously, the spring league and whatnot. It's Mickey Mouse, no, that's nothing. Spring you're league right. is like, it's worse than Sunday league, bro. We play like three games and we trained in a bubble. Yeah, if you're real motivated, you do it yourself, you know. Right. Um, but college, there's a lot going on. You got to go to school. There's a lot of other things to focus on. It's not a place that you're going to be 100% dedicated to your soccer. And, right. it's, and it's like too much fun. You know, you can be in positions yeah. where like you get distracted, you know, as opposed to just like, really being on your grind trying to be a pro and 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 grinding it out you know but as far as i will say let's put all the distractions out to the side as far as like soccer level players potential it's a good level it's it's, it's you know anyone has always going to get good athletes facts that's that's what exactly what i'm saying like let's 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 find a better system a better league a better college program to develop these athletes so that way we have a larger pool for our national team, for our MLS leagues. That way we don't have to bring the Iguain brothers, no disrespect to the legends, but and paying this crazy amount of money to sell seats. You know, I'd rather, I'd rather give that to a homegrown player. NYCFC just signed an 18-year-old Brazilian kid. Uh, I, I can't remember his name up top, I but I know, I I know he's... Huh? I saw that today. You saw that? Does that make you happy or does that make you sad? I'm like, yo, hell yeah. Probably wanna... baller. Exactly. He's a baller. Would you rather, would you rather the MLS bring player a 17 year old like this? Or would you rather bring an old retired legend to this retired league? I don't want the MLS to be a retired league is what I'm trying to no, say. It's better. And that's the first thing LAFC did when they came into the league, they got young, you know, South American talent coming in. Atlanta United, another powerhouse. It's known to be successful. And then you're, it's also as from a business perspective, you know, you buy them if you, 
I keep him a couple of years, then you move him on. But that's just the place MLS is, is 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 finding themselves in the global market. If they have if they have the money where they can become get the best talent from Brazil, the young talent from Brazil and the young talent from Mexico and and Colombia, and everybody wants to play in the MLS because that's where they can get the money when they're young and then, you know, have some exciting young talent in the MLS that moves on their career, you know, in Europe or, or, or whatever, that's much better than going out and getting, you know, Zatlan for a year. And facts. I, I think the MLS is a super league, bro. We have a potential to become a super league. We have the talent, we have the athletes, we have the markets, we have the cities, we have all that right atmospheres. We just don't have the right culture. And we will get to culture later. But let me ask you now, speaking about MLS, what are the teams, who are the teams that you follow? What are the players that, you know, you're a fan of, you know, in the league, in this super league? Uh, well, to be honest, I haven't, I haven't paid attention to the MLS too much this, this year since COVID. I, COVID has like really, I've, I've taken me away from, from that league in particular. I feel like from sports general, like the EPL is not the same without fans. Totally. Like La Liga. Everything, everything, you know, but in the MLS, uh, I'm an LAFC fan. Uh, oh man. I'm a, I'm a LAFC original. So I got a season ticket holder from, from the beginning. Um, Big flex. <laughs> and, and it, I, it really with LAFC coming into the league um, kind of sparked my interest into the league. Uh, I, I never, I grew up in Pasadena. I was never a Galaxy fan, you know, what? even though growing up a soccer player, my dad didn't take me to the, ba- the, the, the soccer games. Yeah. I went to baseball games, you know, growing up, I, I, was a, I was a Red Sox fan. You know, I was a New York giant fan. Cause that, cause I watched football with my dad on Sundays, you know, it's kind of like I'm an American, you know, I yeah. didn't become a soccer fan and watch soccer until much later in my life. You know, I hear so you. growing up as a kid, Galaxy, you know, it's like, I don't know. It's just, it, it, it never called to me, you know, uh, but LAFC changed that. And uh, I got, I got excited about the MLS for the first time. You know, I can take the train down, stop at a pub. There's, there's songs on the train, you know, it's like a real soccer experience. You can, you can quarter group goes down together. The train gets loud. Yeah. You get off the train, you're at the stadium and it's really good soccer experience. I feel like that's the culture that needs to be, implemented everywhere across the country you know not you know the 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 location is great it's a real la team uh i'm a galaxy fan day one galaxy fan uh you know i my story is different um but lafc experience is much better than the la galaxy as of now i must admit that's because you are right i can't go pregame at a pub you know stadium is going to be packed the stadium is beautiful in downtown la so the atmosphere is right the team is balling. Bella's there. The Tuesa's there. Uh, the midfielder, Canadian midfielder, K is nasty. Yeah, they are. My it's, favorite player, I, I, the, the jersey that I have, I bought a Latif just Latif oh, jersey. Like, I legend, got a bro. I saw Latif on my back. Uh, I saw him at Urban Futsal like a year ago, and he was just there making an appearance. Big, didn't even say anything, just what, scoping, taking pictures. And I'm like, bro, this guy is a baller. And yeah. he's been consistent the last four years. Uh, Play anywhere Alex. on the field, you know. He's 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 just a he's just a soccer player. He's a player you want to have on your team no matter what, bro. Like like Latif Blessing is he's on the road. He's first pick. Like he's that engine that anchor is gonna run up and down. 
Like on he, the wing or anywhere, bro. Into, yeah, he works himself into the – he literally played every position for LAFC except center back. Let's go. Let's like go. Was, and that's – bro, that's – those are the players I want I want to follow. Those are the players um, I, I get excited for, you know. Those are the players that are hidden in this league, in this super league, bro. Yeah, he's cool. He's cool. Yeah, Shout so when out, I go to the LAFC game, I got Latif on my back for sure. Man, I hear you, man. I, I'm a day one Galaxy fan jersey, bro. My experience – very different from yours. I grew up in El Salvador. So soccer, something I started playing really, really early, barefooted. I lived across the street from a soccer park. So the only place my mom would let me go to the soccer park because she could keep her eye on me. When I moved to the States, I moved to Pasadena, California, home of the Galaxy. Bro, home of Mauricio Cienfuegos. And as a Salvadorian kid coming from, coming from El Salvador to the Rosewood and see my idol, my president in the flesh in that jersey, bro. That paint, that started everything for me. Like I needed to be, I wanted to play pro soccer and it started in the Rose Bowl. So that's why I have this love for this league, bro. And I care about this league. And I think we can elevate with the right intentions, the right soccer minds and the right, you know, influences. We can elevate the game of soccer here in America and become that powerhouse. That the, M the MLS is a great league, dude. And I love watching it. Uh... I love being a fan and uh, it's good soccer. Like I'm pretty tired of people saying, ah, soccer in America sucks, you know? Yeah. Like, ah, like you get on the field and play then. Like exactly. These are good it's, soccer players out there. bro. Yeah. And, and that's, that's my, that was my number one motivation for this starting this, this channel and this platform is tired of talking out of my ass on Twitter. USA national team sucks. Uh, blah blah blah. So and so sucks. Take this guy out. Tronco FC. Like there still is a lot of that. Like soccer fans. A hundred. A hundred. Like, and even guys that I train, you know, they don't watch MLS because they think it sucks, and they'll go watch, you know, EPL. You know, that's yeah. the only thing to watch. You know. Yeah, but like Americans got to support American soccer. You yeah. Know? Like support your local team. You know, I feel I feel like we're going to get that in the next generation. People our age, you know, we're, we're, we're coming of age as far as like, you know, the Eric Cortados, the Darling Tegnagbys, the Jazzy Zardes, who are our generation, they're graduating for the game. And I feel like they're it's time to get some of the people up, you know, up top, just the old no, no, no hate to the towards the old generation. But a lot of the boomers aren't progressive. Our game is not progressing because there isn't progressive minds up top in the Federation. And we can talk about politics. And we can talk about everyone who wants to be a Mourinho and a soccer guru to it's time to answer simple questions like, why are we good at soccer? And the reason is why is because agreed, bro. And it's back to the big clubs and selling this dream and yeah, pay to play. I think, I think everybody's got to get on the same page and understand that they're on the same team. You know, Facts. there's so much, everything's disjointed. Like there's so many different leagues, whether it's at the professional level or the youth level that are competing against each other. You know, there's like, just in like the SoCal region, you know, there's one league that says we are the top league for all youth talent in Southern California. And then another league pops up. It's like, no, you're not. We are the top league. Yeah. You know, it's just like everybody's like fighting and they're not fighting for anything, but, but the but, money, but, but money. Yeah. There's no, they're <laughs> not like actually fighting for, uh, you know, obviously there are teams that are trying to compete and be the best team in, in, in the, in the region. But yeah. the leagues themselves, you know, are just like they're just trying to establish themselves as the top league against each other so they can have more teams, more interest. They can make make more money, you know, more money as opposed the root to of all evil, bro. Money. 
And right. the thing is, and like, now it's, it's gotten to a point that we got two state cups, right? We got two state cups because, you know, U.S. soccer, now there's a spinoff called, like, it's like, you know, uh, it's Cal South, right? It's always state cup. Now there's, like, U.S. club soccer that's spinoff that, that's, you can either be a, a Cal South league or a U.S. club soccer league. And you can plead in two different state cups and it's just totally disjointed and it, it's hurting the game, you know, as opposed to everybody understanding that we're on the same fucking team. You know, we're all, we need to be all under the one U.S. soccer umbrella that people believe in and want to coach for and want to play for and want to do their job in the soccer world to help that, that system grow. You know, yeah. I think people miss that a lot. I think people are out there forgetting you know why why they want to obviously they want to they're, they're here because they love the game they're here because they want to compete but you got to remember you know as a soccer coach in america you have to think of yourself as like a ambassador for u.s soccer and uh it's just all disjointed you know and and just like it is at the youth level that i just described same thing at the professional level yeah all sorts Amateur of leagues against each other you know, saying I'm I'm a better league than you. You're a better league than me. The teams are all the same. You know, it's not yeah. like it makes that that much difference. And then there's no really way to for the cream to float to the top because there's no fluid system. You know, so it's just like barricades everywhere. You know, I hear so, you, man. You you described so many system flaws just in like the last two minutes of talking, bro. And I agree with you 100. percent Think about think what what what's funny to me about these leagues competing to be a bigger league is that at the end of the day your league is not accessible to 80 percent of the soccer talent or soccer potential in the united states so what, what are we competing that, that's for true. like we're talking about the tip of the iceberg here and then there's all this iceberg that doesn't even have access to what we're exactly talking about. so yeah. are you really that powerful league that you are i don't think so and um, i think i think it comes down to selling the dream yeah i mean even from like nine-year-old soccer being labeled as pre-academy <laughs> yeah uh, yeah yeah to at, at the level that i'm coaching now you know you know clubs and training programs promising agents and you know i've signed all these players all these places you train for me you right you then you know i'll send you somewhere and it generates all this interest you know it's, it's all the same you know yeah i hear you not to make this political or this to make an american thing but America treats everything like a business, bro. And no, no difference with soccer. So youth soccer is a business are where these big clubs sell this dream to people that are willing to pay where this this concept soccer should not be sold. America wants to make a dollar and wants to sell soccer, period. And this concept that only exists in America, nowhere else the they sell. The money has to come from somewhere, you know? Yeah. So, it does have to come from somewhere and from someone that's not really familiar. So how do we really make money off soccer? We make money off just like the rest of the world by developing talent and then selling it for, to other teams, right? That's homegrown talent, exporting it to the big leagues, right? One goal and, I think that we should have for this podcast, because I, I, I want to grow as a soccer person in America. I want to, right now, my main focus is to grow as a coach, to grow my understanding of the game you know, both kind of like politically and, and structurally, but also, you know, on the field and, and yeah. you know, tactically and all that. But I think one thing that we should do is kind of do our best to investigate how other countries around the world do it, you know? Yeah. So what is, what's the system, you know, in, 
Germany like? Mm-hmm. You know, where do those kids play? How many kids are playing? Uh, and how does it work? Do they play for free? You know, you know, you- or let like how does it work in Brazil? You know, yeah. how how do the top Brazilian te- teams find their kids? Do they do they have scouts that go out to the park and and say tap somebody on their shoulder and hey, you want to you know, you know <laughs> come? come? Yeah, like how does that work? You know, yeah. so. Uh, no, we'll, I don't we'll really have a we'll, great understanding about mm-hmm. how how globally in other countries it works. Yeah. Um, I have a pretty decent understanding about America because I've, I've yeah. been in it and I'm in it still. Yeah, uh, but I don't really know how it works in in like all all European countries the same. Like, Facts, know. you know, and and that's one like again, that's one of the goals for this podcast and this platform is we want to not just educate and bounce different ideas, but at the same time, you know, the game is so big and there's so many different philosophies that can work. So let's document, let's record these things. Let's talk about it and see what actually work. What doesn't, you know, I feel like there's nothing, no platform that does that, especially in America. So 100. one of the best systems in the world comes from the Netherlands, Ajax, Ajax. I feel like they do everything right from us taking care of the fans, taking, developing the right talent, you know, bringing in the right talent, you know, playing a right system. They, they do everything soccer. And I feel like this is not something that's just like taught or, you know, bred overnight. It's tradition for the from for the last 200 years, the last few centuries that these European countries have had of America's not there yet. And we understand that. But they, we want to get there, you know, and we build we are by creating an identity and creating a culture. And everyone says like, oh, we don't have any identity. We don't have a culture, but yes, we, that's nothing new. We don't know that. So how do we create this? And I think we create this is by giving kids something to play for by funding the public schools, the recruiting by districts, you know, developing by school districts, and then having these kids going from primary school to middle school, to high school, to a better amateur league or college league to the pros and it has to come from the big dogs up top from the MLS, from the Federation that all has to skeleton and have these infrastructure. So that way a kid from Pasadena, California wants to represent Pasadena, California, and then get onto the, you know, to the district team and then get onto the state team. And then, you know, eventually to the national team and go well, on I'm and so forth. And you part that's difficult in America is how big we are, yeah. you know, like in a country like Italy or England or the Netherlands, it's small enough and there's only so many communities that your neighborhood uh, community club, you know, and everybody compete against each other and that system can work, but it has to be America's so huge that, you know, if you're trying to have that system, you have to do it just in Southern California, you know, just, just in California, like state by state. I mean, there's so, there's just so much work to do. But think about it. There's, there's, there's 25, there's 30 MLS teams. That's 25 cities. That's 25 cities we can start. That's 25 districts we can start. You know, I mean, how and many LA teams should we have? How many LA neighborhoods should have a team? You think know? about it. All right. For example, let's take let's break LAFC as a thing. If you take all the Highland Park, Echo Park, Silver Lake districts, South Central LA, all the real LA, maybe out to like towards Pasadena, bro. That's so many districts that you're gonna cover way more ground and give access to way more kids than you would at one or two big clubs in the area you know and same thing we do that in the south bay with la galaxy and in texas and in new york and that way you know eventually we have at least a mls window to the public eye to the public talent never heard 
a commentator say something about an American player like, oh man, that American player has sauce. That American player comes from the street because we don't play like that because we don't provide anything. And what these big clubs lie about and, and, and you know, how are you going to try to teach an eight-year-old tactical work and stuff like that? No, these kids up to the age of 10, 11, they, they got to play. Put up two goals and let them go at it. Let the older kids go at it with them too. Instead of trying to be the Mickey Mouse game and the pirate and paint the picture. And it's just like, no, bro. I feel like we try to adorn that just because we, we got to sell a curriculum. You know, it's just like, it's a lot of things that are flawed in the system that, you know, need work. And from experience behind the scenes, you know, I think that it's time to hold people accountable and just talk about what's being done with the sport. And at the end of the day, it's all looping back to bad soccer karma and us not being good at soccer and us not qualifying to these tournaments because number one priority is not to develop talent or win is to make money. Yeah. And then in the pay to play model in, in like the youth soccer club world, who's paying the kids, not paying the middle class, the parents, then, then then your client as a coach is not the kid. Your your job is not to make the kid happy. Your job is to, to appease the parents and make sure they're still put foot in the bill, you know? Yeah. And that's where that curriculum comes in and coaches will make a, a PowerPoint saying yes. this, we're going to teach the kid and, and we gotta be, like this. And, and we got to become like, showmen yeah. and dance and, you know, paint, you know, when it's soccer simple, bro, it's like, let the kids play, let the kids let play, the let them go at it. Um, I'm, I mean, a, I'm, I'm, I'm all for technical development, you know, 100, but uh, when it comes down to it, you get to let the kids play and 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 be patient bro it's like trying to teach a kid the times table before teaching them the numbers like yeah they're eventually going to be able to multiply and stuff but as far as right now your kid let's just go one two three like keep it simple you know and it's i work new york red bull and it's one of the better coaching programs in the country uh a lot of good i met a lot of good people there the curriculum they they taught was okay, but at the end of the day, they didn't care who they hired. They didn't care uh, curriculum was performed. As long as the parents were happy, as long as we were making the good money in Long Island, bro, keep coming in and keep recycling, you know? So the coach doesn't get better. The kid doesn't get better. So it's just like the game doesn't get better. So when we don't make these tournaments, we, sh- we can't cry about it. We can't. It's sad, bro. It's sad that we're still we're at this point with all the potential with all the talent and all the promise that we have here in the states i worked for the new york red bull in new york obviously and i saw the what it is to be a coach you know i put my i used to put myself as a in the shoes of a parent in the shoes of a player and obviously it was a it was painted as a great picture like oh i get trained by a new york trainer blah 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 this that but these these were partnerships this these was the the Red Bull using the Red Bull name to sell soccer out in Long Island. Like these Long Island teams still were the Long Island kickers, but trained by the Red Bull. So these kids, these parents had to play a club premium and then a more higher premium to have Red Bull train them. So as a, as, as a coach, I was getting paid. Okay. But I was like, yo, I know they're making so much more money. And they're tricking these parents and someone that knows soccer is not going to pay for this service. Me, if I have kids one day, I'm not going to pay for anyone that doesn't know soccer more than me to train my kid. 
You know, it doesn't, yeah, bro, not to talk bad on Red Bull and stuff, because I said it's, it's one of the better coaching programs. But then I went and worked on for a, a program called Success Academy. And Success Academy is a, a network of charter schools, and they have implemented soccer in the everyday curriculum of the American child. So they have chess, they have dance, they have art, and they have soccer as an elective. And what I was, I was a soccer teacher, and I saw these kids every day. And I ran three, four soccer classes during the school day. And the kids that were good were stayed with me for soccer club. And I, the kids who stayed with me at soccer club, I, I started implementing my way of playing. And my, you know, I actually could teach soccer. So I found out that the parents got invested. The kids were very invested. And that's where my philosophy and, and, and thesis of recruiting my district comes from. I really think that the gems and the right way to build the infrastructure is to start in the charter school and the public system and give access to the public kids and provide stability to these soccer coaches. Not, not, not like these clubs who pay you by the season, who the hours are minimal, there's no stability, you know? You know as, as, as a coach that it's hard to find work, it's hard, it's hard to keep one coach with a group of one team for more than two or three years, it's unrealistic, you know? So I don't know what's a dream that these clubs are selling. Um, so, yeah, man, that's that was a lot to get off my chest. <laughs> and, I, and all MLS clubs have different models, right? So I don't know how. how oh, fa- that's a very great point. Look, let me just let me stop here right there. That's another thing. Just like if we have different leagues, we have so many different models. We're we're not on the same page. So when I ask a couple of friends who work at the MLS, I'm like, hey, what are these? What are these? Um, MLS clubs doing for the youth, they tell me, oh, everyone has their own model. So some, some of them have partnerships with local clubs. Some of them have started with the public system, but at the end of the day, it's not enough. You know, if, if, why does LAFC, why does LAFC have a partnership with SoCal United? You know, like why does, uh, it's things that don't make sense that we're, it's never going to be linked to something. It's always, I feel like about money. It's always the LAFC selling the LAFC name out in the Valley. Well, if we, uh, uh, if we as a podcast can get representatives from like clubs around the league, uh-huh. just to have them come on and, and, and tell us about what they're doing and why they're doing it, I think that would be fascinating. Man, know? I'm going to jot that down. And, like, and yeah, like, like I said, what, I have what's a going few. on in Portland. You know, what yeah. are they doing? I, they I think Philadelphia, Philadelphia has one of the more progressive from the homework that I've done, the more progressive programs. And I'm going to speak to a few. Uh, Few yeah, guys I would, out from love, out I would love to hear about representatives from all the clubs. What's going on in Austin? How yeah. are they doing it? I would honestly, on? bro, I would love to hear directors, like the club directors, like how do they feel about what they're doing and like what are they doing? And it's like, come here, come here and let's just have a discussion and like, you know, yeah, like I would take love that. I would love that. And and I guarantee you, all the all uh, you would think all the directors in the MLS that are that are in charge of their youth programs are interested in. A, growing the sport in their region, because that's going to, you would think growing the sport in their region is going to make their club bigger and producing talent that's eventually going to make the first team. I, I, I assume if an MLS youth director sits down in the boardroom, those are going to be some of the goals, right? So how are, you, how are they doing that? I, I would love to know, you know, and which, and there's probably like every team probably does it a little different. You these, know? Are the, these are the questions that need to to be asked and we need the answers too we have the right to ask these questions and you know asap just like we needed a 
a vaccine for COVID last year. We need these answers ASAP. Yeah, I'd, be, need- I'd be really interesting because I don't know. Like I know Galaxy and LAFC are like very, very different in their approach. Uh, and I, I would be super interested to see just what people around the league have, that, that are in positions to actually implement ideas and, and, and to, to hear what they're doing and what they think. Yeah, back to the public school system. The proof is in New York. So these kids, if, if the, the program is seven, Success Academy program, the soccer program is about seven years old now. And these kids are traveling to Barcelona. These kids from Brooklyn, from the Bronx, from the projects, bro. These uh, West African, West Europeans, Asian, a lot of Jewish kids, a lot of Hispanic kids, all demographics who wouldn't have the access to soccer have the access to soccer because of this program if we were to copy and paste this in the 25 cities or they have mls teams we can start there and i'm gonna fight for this because the proof is, that, is there is that program still going on the program's still going on and i'm gonna that's proof right there if it's working in the most powerful city new york city the most crowded city where there's no space space to work play soccer where kids are playing in the gym and it's working and these kids are becoming good and developing and staying at these charter schools because their soccer program is amazing and the parents are really invested because it's saving them a headache. They don't have to go to drop them off. They don't have to go out the road. Everything is locally. Everything is provided to them to play, you know? So I'm a firm believer that our answer is funding the public schools. And I want, I want to talk to as many people as I can and, you know, provide this thesis and provide this hypothesis or whatever this is to, Hey, this idea to like, Hey, why don't we start doing this? And how do we start? You know, we can do it. The, you know, if we we should try to interview, get somebody on who's, who's involved with that program now. Oh, I have one bro. Friday, Friday. I'm going to be a good start. Yeah, I'm going to interview a few people from that program who can, who are going to explain the behind the scenes, how it works to give people a more vivid picture and actually show the evidence that these kids are actually developing. And there is just a really well-structured, well-funded program that is giving opportunity to kids to play soccer. And there's work in the inner cities, access to sports. That, that can provide so many opportunities as far as like going to college, playing in the pros. So many lives can be saved, especially in those inner cities. I've taught in these charter schools, so I know the, the circumstances and the situation that these kids have to go through. So if, you know, if we can use soccer and sports as a getaway and as something to get them out of these situations, I think it could be amazing. And I think it can be, it could be worth it to invest in, you know, clearly the, the youth system needs a reform, the whole American college system, pro system, amateur system needs a reform, right? And I feel like that's just half of the battle, bro. I feel like we still have to create culture. We still, you know, we hear people saying like bashing us, America has no identity, but how do we build culture? How do we, what is culture? And, you know, I'm asking you, what do you think? And we have to have some pride in American soccer. Some fucking pride, but we're the most competitive nation in the world. We have the best athletes in the world. Yeah. Um, So realistically, where do you think U.S. soccer is going to be in the next two, three years? Where is MLS? Where are we going to be? Where should we strive to be in? Uh, You know, I can't say that necessarily. I think we're going to continue to grow. I I really, we haven't even been able to touch on it, but I really am am watching the USL. 
I mean, the USL is like the USL championship. They're coming out with soccer stadiums. Like they're coming out with full uh, soccer specific stadiums, just like the MLS with, with training facilities attached to them that are going to be great for the communities. And as we were saying about how large America is and how many communities they are, the MLS cannot be the answer. The MLS can be the super league, yeah. right? But they are not going to be the league that's going to be able to touch every kid in America because it's just too big, right? Yeah. So we have to have, but other systems that are going to be like USL. That's how we build culture, bro. The amateur leagues. Uh, and that's how we establish this pride and give people some, something to play for. If you look at these communities, Hartford, Atlanta too, Los Dos, they have big, even Phoenix Rising, they have big followings. They have, you know, a, a loyal... lot of clubs that have done a lot of really cool things, you know? And yeah. Like, I mean, the USL existed when we were playing, right? Yeah. It's the oldest league. Know. It's the oldest league in, it's older than the MLS. So I don't know what, what you thought about it, but I mean, I didn't think much about it, right? Yeah. Uh, but now I feel like people are really starting to pay attention. I feel like it's yeah. just, just the last couple of years, I think that there's, there's been great MLS growth, but I think, I think, I think you got to keep an eye out for what's going on with USL, USL, the NISA league, the NWSL league and see how they grow, you know? And I think, I think that those leagues are going to be really, you know, the heart of American soccer, you know, I hear you as blue collar league, brother, blue collar league for sure. That's how all the EP, that's how the EPL started with real local community support, you know, Mm -hmm. like, like, as you said, a Pasadena team, you know, I, I'm a I'm a head coach for Sporting Club Verdugos who competes in the UPSL. Tell us We're about trying that, to create please. a Glendale team. Like a, this is Glendale's team. You know, this is like this is not LA's team. This is Glendale's team, and Glendale should be able to support a community club. You know, yeah. and get two thousand people out on a set at a Saturday yeah. night. You know, so the level right now is like it's not connected enough, but there has to be yeah. some sort of streamline. Uh, where we look, we should be able to catch up, you know. Uh, and that's what the Open Cup comes to, you know, compete in the Open Cup, and and need, we need to have a system where winning matters. You know, yeah. if you have success at a lower league, you get noticed and you get opportunities at the next level. Yeah, yeah. There's no regulation. There's nothing that I, like earlier. What I was gonna say about the USL. The USL is older than the MLS, I believe. And the fact, what's crazy to me is that they're not connected. There's no promotion. There's no regulation between the, there's, MLS is always just going to be MLS. And well, USL has USL Championship, USL 1 and USL 2. They have Uh three leagues and they're not connected. Crazy. Even even within the USL, they don't have promotion and relegation. Yeah. Uh, And that's, and we can go go back to the, what, the the Super League, the European Super League. Yeah. Why everybody hated it. It's because there was no accountability of success on the field. Yeah. Right. You didn't get in there because you won. Yeah. Arsenal was in there. They're in the fucking middle of the. the it was a country club club. Like, you know, middle you of the know? table. You know, all you're playing in the Super League. Winning has to matter. You Thanks. know, success has to be rewarded. And it yeah. can't be, oh, I knew my agent or somebody selling a dream. You train for me. You play for me. I'll, 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 I'll send you somewhere. There needs to be a yeah. system where play on the field and success on the field will will see you 
have some sort of path forward to get to the next level. And right now there's, there's really, there's really not that. Yeah. There's nothing to play for. Like, even if you graduate college, even if you have a successful four years, like if you want to keep playing after that, you know, your options are very, very limited. Yeah. And I mean, you win, you win the UPSL. You don't go on, you don't, you don't, you don't get the opportunity to play, you know, somewhere else, you know? Yeah. I hear you. Win, you know, you like just like you win the USL. That's that's it. That's the top of the mountain, <laughs> you know. So, uh, that's that kind of like just barricades at every level, you know. Yeah. There needs to be fluidity, fluidity through it. Uh, so that's kind of what I think. And so, so moving forward, the next two, three, four years of American soccer, that's where I'm looking to. I'm looking to those, those smaller leagues like the UPSL champ USL championship NISA NPSL you know there's a lot of good teams a lot of good players there and 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 I want to see how those teams grow uh those leagues grow and what sort of community communities they can build and I think yeah, that, we're, we're, that is really going to be the difference makers I hear you I hear you and we're definitely going to do a good job of covering the USL championship league talking to players talking to coaches um, just to get a more document, a more, a better experience, you know, give the next generation an inside view of what to expect and what, you know, to look forward to. And I, I a hundred percent agree with you that I think our foundation block has to come by supporting these leagues, by building communities and, and actually brewing these talents locally and yeah, give them something to play for, giving a championship, a promotion, and not just a cash price. I mean, there are two ways to think of it. Or you, you said earlier uh, about top-down, big clubs having these giant organizations that that will trickle down. But then there's, you know, the, the grassroots effort of like success stories, like just Detroit FC that have been able to build a community club, and you know, and you know, from the bottom up, you know. So, but it has to come from both ways. You know, hopefully they meet in the middle. So, do you think? we have the potential, the talent to be a powerhouse in the next four years in America. I don't see it happening in four years. Man. Powerhouse, powerhouse in the international stage. Yeah, international stage. In uh, the next 20 years to 10 years, give me a ballpark. I don't know. I don't know. I, as we've discussed before in my life, I would love to see a U.S. soccer win a World Cup in my lifetime. And that's kind Man. of, that's where I'm at. That's I feel I'm that at. I feel that, but it sucks that we we have to say that in our lifetime. You know, I would I really thought that our run was our generation was going to have a great run. You know, last run we had was Landon Donovan in two thousand and two. That's sad, bro. That's almost twenty years. I mean, our generation, right? We played in the 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 original inaugural development academy seasons, right? Yeah, which is now folded, right? Folded yeah, folded, but. When we were playing in it, it felt like, oh, this is something new. U.S. soccer is putting something in place and we're going places, you know, and it didn't and it didn't really, you know, come to fruition. And I don't know if we were naive and thinking, oh, man, like we're going to do it, like we're going to yeah. we're going to make a dent uh, or, or or what happened? Like, uh, I think the talent was there. I think, you know, play, we played in that league. We were the best team in the country of that inaugurational year. Um, we got robbed, but that's old news. But the, <laughs> you know, they had Chris Agorosaur at Baltimore Bays. There's there was great talent, but again, bro, you were only on that team if you were. It was an exclusive, still an exclusive development academy where the talent was 
pretty basic as far as pool, as far as like numbers, you know, if yeah, we had, sure. if we yeah, had, sure. I don't know how many players they had in it, but yeah. I mean, but think about it, if we, if we had a system more like that, but throughout the whole regions and actually, you know, instead of making it nationwide and having more teams in regions and actually those teams who win in the regions play in, in, you know, States and all that, I think we can start somewhere, but again, it's like, it has to come for a place where these kids are not getting charged to play soccer, where it's not a country club, where it's not privileged. Like, you know, it's not charged. It's like, you know, we have to provide these, these facilities. We have to provide just a whole different infrastructure and a better infrastructure for this, these kids to succeed and develop. And we have to put talent first and we have to put winning first and not money, bro. It all roots back to money as simple it don't matter where you played. It, don't, it doesn't matter how much you know about soccer. I mean, soccer is being sold in America, so it's not going to get anywhere because of this concept. And, you know, it's about getting enough people to agree with this and so we can change it uh, because, yeah, I don't see it. I don't see another way, possible way. I want someone to come here and tell me, like, oh, this there's a better way than the funding of the school system. Or maybe the big clubs are the way to do it. But they've had the last 25 years to do something, bro. And where are we? Yeah. So let, let, let the new generation, let the new people like me and you, let the new soccer minds that have, you know, actually graduated from the system, that have actually grown in the system, let us give us a crack. I'm to America. That's another thing, you know, the space is filled. You know, a young coach like me trying to, to, to elbow his way in, there's somebody in the game for 50 years who's sitting there and is not, is not going anywhere. That's, that, that's the great about the times we live now, where platforms like this, where the real, the real ones are going to outshine those people, the people that are comfortable up top, that are just milking the sport. We're eventually going to get into those positions and we're going to elevate. We're eventually, we're going to put the right same minded people in the same room and connect the right dots to elevate the game. Because I 100% sure to the Darlington Nagbys and Jazzy Zardes who have had the American career, dream career, who are MLS champions, they're not happy with the system. I can tell you that for a fact, because in my opinion, bro, the system has failed them. They didn't play in the World Cup. They should have played in the World Cup. They were players good enough to represent our country. We so, should try to get Jazzy on here. Jazzy, man. I think I'm, we get I'm in his DMs, bro. Darlington Abbey, I'm in his DMs. Like, I'm reaching out to... The soccer world is pretty small, you know, but yet it's very international, but yet it's a very small world. Yeah, Richie, I talked to Richie the other day. Richie to, uh, went to school with him, so I'm pretty sure he's going to... I actually played with Jazzy Zardes in the, for the same club when he, I was a year older, but, you he know, so I, you know, he, man, he's, he's an all American, bro. He's an all American product that can Local score, ball. you know, Who's the, other, the other guy yeah, played for the strikers that, that ended up uh, playing for LAFC, played for Minnesota. His name's Christian, like Christian Vasquez, Christian Vasquez, Superman. Christian. He's a baller. UC Irvine. That's another yeah. success story. He was under the radar and bro, like he ended up being man, uh, I'm proud of that guy, bro. LAFC killed it. He, I think he's in Houston now. He's someone I would love to talk to, too. Shout out to Christian Vasquez, bro. There's a lot of people who, you know, that we know, bro. Carlos Alvarez, Efrain Alvarez. That's, that's one of the hottest players in the MLS right now. I hope to talk to him. And, you had a nasty little nag on your boy Mark Anthony the other day. I seen that. I, that's your boy. My boy got your boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited for this podcast like, and, you know, where to take it and where to evolve. Like, you know, like this is my first video and I feel like I'm only going to get better. We're only going to get better. But how long, I, how long have we been chatting? Man, I don't know. Like it doesn't say, but 
it doesn't matter. But I, I just, I just know that, you know, uh, we're going to, I want to talk and document and not yeah, just talk out the ass, but actually drive action. And, you know, I, I like exactly. A lot of people have a lot to say. A lot of has to be said. A lot has to be heard, bro. So, you know, I think, my, my, I think a, a main success of the podcast is going to be having real interesting guests. Facts. You know? I think. Real people, though, not just not not just like, you know, the number one draft pick. Now, nah, I want to talk to the college kid who just yeah, yeah, won yeah. the national championship. The USL guy on here is going to really. If we get guys on here that that have something to say, that care, that that have some clout, you know, yeah. it's, gonna... it's all for, you know, for the better of soccer and to elevate this game. You know, at the end of the day, this is a platform for people we'll who care. A, huh? We'll make a YouTube uh, a YouTube channel and we'll go to all the USL championship stadiums and take tours of everything. Bro, bro, we're, we're going to go on tour city tours. I can't wait to do soccer city tours, bro. Like it's, it's going to be crazy. And you know, yeah. th that's, that's what we want to build. You know, we want to build a community with people who care and love soccer in America, who want to elevate soccer in America. If you're not too good to talk about soccer in America, then you're going to come in here and just share your knowledge, share your experience. And yeah, bro, uh, I think that's pretty much it. Not the only time I am, I'm going to interview you, you know, you're going to come on and I we're hoping we're hoping to do USL championship weekend recaps. We hope to talk to USL players and, you know, we're going to do a lot of our work and our research together on, you know, trying to give the best coverage to viewers and create that fan and cult following we want to build. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here and yeah, I hope to be back on. So it's a cool, cool conversation and. As I said, I'm just here trying to grow as a soccer person and, and, and uh, you know, I'm trying to experience the world through the beautiful game. So, and experience the country through the beautiful game. Well so. said. Daniel Frank, head coach at Sporting Club Verdugos. Thank you so much for your time, bro. We'll keep in touch. Peace. All right. Thanks, Kev, for having me.